Welcome to Zero Knowledge. I'm your host, Anna Rose. In this podcast, we will be exploring the latest in zero knowledge research and the decentralized web, as well as new paradigms that promise to change the way we interact and transact online. This week, Tarun, Guillermo, Alex Evans, and I catch up for a spontaneous, in-person, end-of-year episode. We were all on the West Coast at the same time, and so had a chance to do a look back at 2023. We cover what each of us were thinking earlier this year and how the year has evolved for us. We cover many of the topics that are relevant in ZK and beyond, as well as try to paint a bit of a picture of how 2023 differed from 2022. That is, the year where almost everything that could blow up did blow up. 2023 was definitely rosier. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Now, before we kick off, I do want to let you know about our upcoming multi-week virtual event, ZK Hack 4. Starting on January 16th, 2024, and running until February 6th, we will be hosting weekly workshops with top teams in ZK, showcasing the state-of-the-art in tooling for ZK builders. Each week, we also host a ZK puzzle hacking competition. We share a system that has something wrong with it. You are meant to find the bug, hack the protocol, and the fastest hacker will make their way to the top of the ZK hack leaderboard for prizes and glory. This is our fourth time running this event series. Thousands of hackers have participated over the last two years, so you may have been to one of our online events already. As you know, it's not a hackathon, but rather it's a chance to learn the latest in ZK tools with members of the ZK hack community from around the world. Because it runs over a few weeks, people often make friends, find future colleagues or co-founders, and also get a chance to really dive into the ZK world with us. It's free and open to all. In the show notes, I've added the link to the first event of ZK Hack 4. That is our kickoff session happening on January 16th. In this, we will be introducing you to the larger event series and to our workshop hosts and partners. Then, Kobe, Nico, and I are planning on doing a pretty exciting intro session, helping you become more familiar with the concepts and terms used in ZK. You won't want to miss it. So hope to see you there. Now, Tanya will share a little bit about this week's sponsor. Alio is a new layer one blockchain that achieves the programmability of Ethereum, the privacy of Zcash, and the scalability of a rollup. Driven by a mission for a truly secure internet, Alio has interwoven zero-knowledge proofs into every facet of their stack, resulting in a vertically integrated layer one blockchain that's unparalleled in its approach. Alio is ZK by design. Dive into their programming language Leo and see what permissionless development looks like offering boundless opportunities for developers and innovators to build ZK apps. As Alio is gearing up for their mainnet launch in Q1, this is an invitation to be part of a transformational ZK journey. Dive deeper and discover more about Alio at alio.org. And now here's our episode. It's so fun to get a chance to do a little recap with all of you. Um, I'm here with Guillermo. What up? Often a frequent co-host for better or worse Tarun. aloha I, I'm, i've now been upgraded by the way i'm not just a co-host i've been promoted to the chief marketing officer <laughs> for the ZK who takes, who's the only person who takes photos and shares it on twitter beforehand uh, yes correct Tarun, also long-standing co-host of the show alex not Hello. co-host but many time guest yeah multi like get a prize guest. for what are we at four I or five think four or five for you wow it's quite rare so welcome back 
so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be doing a very impromptu end of year episode. We actually did that last year where we split it in two. We did an end of year at the end and then another one looking forward. So for this one, we're going to do the look back. Yeah, Gamera, you weren't in it. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I see. That's fine. I was you like, were wow, in the look remember. forward. Yeah, I thought, we were, I thought I was one of them. Oh, I think you were in both, actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Sorry. This one's going to expose some gaping holes in our memories. <laughs> yeah, this is really bad. Maybe so, I should stop with drinking. But. Actually, last year when we did the look back, we couldn't remember. Do you, do you kind of like, I remember it now that we were trying to think back and the only way to kind of cover 2022 was to do a rundown of the catastrophes <laughs> one after another after another and it was we were trying to figure out the order of them which came first what happened when this year looking back i think it's going to be different yeah i would describe last year's episode as taking a single picture of a failed jenga game where the pieces are on the floor <laughs> and trying to reassemble the we're trying to remember the piece the way you got there, the way you got there. <laughs> right yeah. See, now we have a Michael Lewis book about it, so it's fine. Very accurate. I, 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 I didn't accurate. I didn't read it, but yeah, I'm in I, it. I, I <laughs> actually, Katie You're did in read it. it. I heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she she saw you your name and was like, "Wait, this is this is Tarun, right?" <laughs> Wild. That's about as far as I know of it. But so to start this one off, though, I want us to go back to the beginning of the year. Put yourself back, January 2023. What were you thinking? What were you working on? What was on your mind? What were you thinking is right. What were we all thinking? (laughs) A valid question in many contexts. I was actually worried about not crypto stuff. I was actually worried about the fact that the open source language models were not very good. And and it was sort of like ChatGPT was blowing up and then like, had all these friends who'd been working in in NLP. Well, you know, obviously the field now became only about large language models, but at that time <laughs> there was still like natural language processing, and I had all these friends who were like postdocs or PhDs or worked at places, and like all of them were just like in the doldrums, despite Ooh. it being like such a big thing. I mean, so the most opportunistic ones of them were like, ah, I'm going to go raise, I'm going to pretend it's like raising for a Solana DeFi project in 2021, <laughs> right? Like I get $10 million by just showing up. Uh, With but AI then, but on the your lot, side. Non-opportunistic ones were like, oh my God. I all my a re- flat circle in 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. and, and then the, the non-opportunistic ones were like, oh man, my research all sucks. It's not worth anything. Mm. Like whatever. Like, like clearly all these people have these secrets. So I was actually trying to like not think about crypto, you know, like I took the like crypto Xanax and I forgot about it and was like, what's happening there? So that have one of those. (laughs) You're talking to your AI friends, your, your, the folks working in the field. Where were you at though? Like those are what your friends were doing. I was doing that to distract myself from From, thinking about crypto. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like January was like this point where like, yeah. Is yeah. there anything else that can blow up? If so, can man, I really don't now? want to know Most about people it. people take up gardening, Tarun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, had had anyone floated the idea of Binance not working in January 2023? I, I'm sure. I feel like definitely. Yeah, yeah. I feel like post-FTX, like it was, like people kind of immediately jumped There was just like that. FUD, 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 yeah. FUD, FUD, FUD. It was like FUD everything. Yeah, the Grim Reaper meme with every logo of yeah. every oh, company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in fact, someone should have had stable diffusion at that time i guess now there's many tons of good 
image models, just make the Grim Reaper for every combination of crypto <laughs> entities so that you're already ready for like when that Grim Reaper meme was true. Man. <laughs> I was selling the bottom, as I often do. Um, <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> of course. <laughs> Buying a little back, at least. <laughs> Um, Wait, this 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 show can talk about price? No price. Yeah. No, no price. price. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the topic in our chats were, I mean, it's, I don't know if it would have been January, but it would have definitely been Q1. It was the CKML idea. I think it, I don't know if it was even proposed in 2022, but for sure, Q1 2023, it was the topic. There was a huge telegram group that had formed a ton of projects that had never really thought about it, but they saw some connections started to jump in and it lasted for a few months. Out of that came two companies at least and a bunch of like interesting experiments. But I would say like here now that we're at the end of the year, it's like died down. I don't think it's as hypey at least, but we'll see if it continues on. Wait, I want to point, I want to hear from Guillermo. Um, what were you, where were you at in January? What were you thinking about? I think this was the the point at which we started trying to understand what ZK was, uh, which is kind of funny Ooh. to think about, you know? Uh, I think at that time, uh, I'm going to front run Alex on this. Alex and I were starting to write what then became succinct proofs in linear algebra, which I, we now have a course for and all this jazz. But at the time, yeah. actually, it was just a variety of hilariously unformed ideas and us just like being mad about reading ZK papers in general and how we I couldn't parse them. And so Alex would go and read them for me and then explain them very carefully. Um, I think that was mostly it. And then afterwards, um, it was kind of on slightly before ZK Hack Lisbon, which is mm -hmm. kind of where things got quite interesting. And I, that's where he presented the work, right? A little bit or like the or very early version of it, wasn't it? It was in Lisbon. Must have been Lisbon. Yeah, when was did, Lisbon? You did was a lightning talk. Or? Yeah. yeah. It, it was, was it March? Well, there's two events you're talking about. There's the ZK Hack Hackathon. Oh, sorry. ZK and then there was ZK Summit, Summit 9 happening the at one. the same time. That's the one. Sorry, I meant not ZK Hack. And I, you just, presented a lightning talk at ZK 9. That's right. That I remember after you did it, we were like, why didn't you just do a talk, talk, yeah, Guillermo? <laughs> so you did a very short talk, which was, I guess, the beginning of this work. That's right. kind of was a talk but you just did it in fast forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did uh, two, 2.5 X speed, uh, yeah. which was No need to fast forward that one. <laughs> Already, so. Guillermo just comes out of the box at 2X speed <laughs> for your viewing pleasure. What about you, Alex? Like, you had been studying a bit more ZK before this, right? I got stuck in California at the end of December because I had some family members visiting. Oh, and it was right. very rainy, and that turned out to be the natural thing to do for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Learn ZK. And Guillermo's been paying the price for the last year, and now nice. more <laughs> so people have been paying so the, the price. So the commonality here is escapism was where we all were. You were escaping your relatives. <laughs> I was escaping crypto. <laughs> I was just selling the bottom. <laughs> I don't know what kind of escape that was. Well, cope in different ways. <laughs> I was probably just drinking or something. I don't know, whatever. Something like yeah. that. January, I was also, I was setting in motion ZK Hack, ZK Liz, or yeah, ZK Hack, Lisbon, and ZK Summit yeah. 9, which turned out to be too much, really? <laughs> by the way. We did it back to back. My team and I ended up doing, Agni specifically, we did the ZK Hack weekend hackathon. We had one day off, but that night, I think we even did the speaker dinner. Then we did a full-fledged conference with 550 people or so, that ZK Summit right. 9, yeah. and an after party. 
So we kind and like we joke about it now that we kind of like threw four weddings <laughs> in a row at, with a team, a very small team. Because for each one of those, you had venue, menu, attendance, tickets. It was crazy. Don't tell me these things. I'm starting to think about weddings, and uh, it's uh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Already you only have to one. plan one. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, already one, one wedding is would be so easy this now. And like... obviously, these are not weddings, but it's like the level of lift is like putting together. Each one of the summits is, I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every ZK hack is a different kind of work. It was a big challenge. We did it. We got through it. I'm, it was crazy because, like, I know the folks who came loved it. They yeah, lo- it was, Like, it was magical. The venues we got, we had were amazing. And sorry, I don't mean to, like, pat my own back here, but... No, like, it was sick. It, it was, like, the outcome was amazing, but the inside <laughs> for <laughs> our <dead>. team <laughs> was so bad, like, oh, hard. Oh, no. Um, but we got, we got through it. Thank you for your service. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> Alex and I came out of that, and we were like, wait, holy shit. Like, ZK is real. Specifically after ZK Summit, we were like, ZK is real. Was like, it ZK Summit or ZK Hack? That was ZK f- Summit. Okay. Also, ZK Hack as well. ZK we Hack was the first time. ZK it. Hack Lisbon. That was the first time we got to see people building yeah. with the tools that other teams have been like creating for so long. It's possible like the energy maybe like carried over or something, but it was, it was very clear that it was not a niche academic field that just happened to have a lot of funding anymore. It was like kind of more real than we expected. Mm. I, I remember we had long, a number of long conversations immediately after ZK summit Lisbon. Right. And during. Yeah. I mean, like the year started out, I think, People were really excited. We were really excited with some of the launches of the roll-ups that were mm-hmm. being planned for mm-hmm. the year. Early in the year, you had ZK Sync and then Polygon, Scroll, a number of these. Which one and, came and first? You tell us. <laughs> You're the I think ZK you have opinions historian. on this. Uh, I'm staying out of the fire on this <laughs> Remember the adage from being a child, first is the worst, second is the best, third is the one that's with the treasure chest. <laughs> oh, okay. So I don't know why everyone wants to be first. <laughs> to me, it was, I mean, I think it is ZK Sync era. February? I have no idea. I don't know. I was not paying enough attention. I, you, you know, I don't need the, the roll-up wars touching my shores. You know, like that armada can stay at <laughs> Yeah, you have sea. enough problems already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might as well keep it. You're like a poet. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need these wars touching my shores. <laughs> the first one is, it's very good. I like it. Um, it's great for a chief marketing officer. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> you're doing, you're... speaking of ZK VMs or ZK, ZK EVMs, uh, just today we were kind of trying to map out how many there are. and. Oh, no. What's also coming down the line? I'm just gonna name a couple that I believe are live today: zk Sync, zk Era, Polygon, zk EVM, Scroll, Linea, Nil. There's probably more. I'm for sure missing some. But we also, I mean, I've now heard proposals for zk VMs. Tyco, there's one that's like it's it's not called zk Wasm, but it's doing zk Wasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one that's doing zk Move. There's Risk Zero, which is kind of ZK Rust, and, and it's not a VM per se, but it has those testnet. What what is it? Zeth. Uh, yeah, yeah, Zeth, right? Yeah. Anyways, there's a lot coming down the line. Yo, I ha- I have a spicy take, oh, which no. is companies. Oh, uh, maybe this one will will make the armada come to my shores. But the the <laughs> any company that like names themselves with a ZK prefix that uses ZK now is 
a little bit like people in the 90s who put an E in front of like eBay, <laughs> eHarmony, whatever. Like they, some of them survived, yeah. but they didn't like become the biggest. Welcome and to I, the ZK podcast. Ooh. Well, the ZK podcast <laughs> can, the OG? Cha- can change its name. Oh, oh that's okay. also fair, I guess. I feel like the company's brand equity is much harder, or the protocol's brand equity is much harder to switch. Well, I don't want to change the name just yet. You hire a chief marketing officer. I, first thing yeah, they try to do is yeah. change, yeah. change the name. God you got to have it. some sort of impact. Might as well be the Look, name. And do you have another else. idea? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think like the, there's actually this this thing I, I was thinking about the other day. I was like just sorting a, like, a sheet of like projects by letter and then I counted by letter and the Z ones oh, were like by far the most. Oh, wow. So there's a sense in which you're kind of like drowning in the like there are too many of them. And so I think that's like something I hope people start thinking about a little bit more is naming nomenclature. Remember when blockchain started or Bitcoin started? It was bit, 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 bit. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a similar. It's a similar. There was an ETH, 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 ETH as well. Yeah, for sure. And you still see remnants of that. The smartest ones changed their name, right? Like Ave went from ETHLEND to Ave. Oh, which I thought was a very good yeah. shift on their part because Eastland, no e- one will Eastland remember. sounds like a hackathon project, actually. <laughs> and then it, and Ave doesn't. Actually, now that we mention it, the naming, so one of the things that came up right, maybe around that time, maybe around ZK Summit time, ZK9, was this concept of, the, of ZK being misused. Mm-hmm. Like ZK, zero knowledge, the privacy part of a ZK snark. A lot of teams were using snarks, but not the privacy part. So are they really ZK? And I know Justin Thaler wrote this like 17 misconceptions about zero knowledge, I think. And one of them was this naming or maybe around snarks. Anyway, I just remember that being a topic. I, I unpopularly with some folks landed on the side of I think it's a good shorthand for advanced cryptography. Yeah. I, think not a, everyone I think agrees it's a good me. way to get LP dollars into the space because they only have to remember two letters and their attention span is near zero. <laughs> but I think the counter to my opinion is that it, I mean, dilutes a lot of different things for sure. And, and the, the fact that a lot of snarks, they have no privacy component. People may actually think there is a, com- uh, like a privacy component. Honestly, who cares? Like, I think crypto meaning cryptocurrency is like great actually more than cryptography. Yeah. This, this feels but like, yeah, yeah. this crypto, feels, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's mine. Cryptography, if I go, if not I, crypto. If I go through sort of like the Shamir hierarchy of controversies in crypto it's like additive notation versus multiplicative notation oh, that's horrible though. it's crypto There's cryptocurrency or cryptography and now i think it's the is zk allowed to be used for things that don't have privacy even yeah. triggered gamma you're just going to trigger everybody if you keep yeah, yeah that's but what about zk being used for the blank like the blanket term for mpc fhe everything threshold yeah, yeah, yeah. decryption yeah. All of i it. mean every talk i'm given this year i i preface almost every time this thing on I'm using ZK as the royal ZK. Here I mean <laughs> things that don't have privacy, snarks, starks, FHE, MPC. And I, I, I've, I've learned that by doing that, you disarm people who are about to come out with the, with the, claws. the musket ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you wink before they can ZK shoot. ZK musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> musketeers? Musketeers. Ooh. Because we mentioned the ML stuff... Uh, Kobe and I and Daniel Kang did this experiment. Tarun, you had invited Yi and Daniel on the show. I ne- had never met them. It was an amazing episode. I'm going to we'll try to find a link, add it to the show notes. Dan Bonet had introduced me to this before, this idea of a tested 
uh, images, like where you'd create an original image with some sort of signature and then use ZKPs through every transformation. So like an edit, crop, like a filter or something. Every time you added something to it, you would use a ZKP to prove that it comes from the original source. And then Yi and Daniel came on and kind of repeated it. And from there, Kobe, Daniel, and I created something called the uh, Attested Audio Experiment, where we showed kind of provenance, the same idea that I just described for images, but for audio. And actually, the thing that prompted that was the ZKPod.ai project that Kobe made, which we did a whole episode on that, too, uh, where you can actually ask this thing. It, it exists online. You can ask it a question using the transcripts. It was fed into an LLM and... It will give you an answer to a question about ZK in my voice or in Kobe's voice. <laughs> and that freaked me out, made me realize, like, I could be replaced. What if someone doesn't know? What if it says something and they think it's me? The attested audio experiment is meant as like a counter to that. And so that was happening in April, actually, just after the summit mm -hmm. or even maybe just before. It was crazy because, like, while I was planning those two things, those two events, the four events, actually, Kobe was like, check out this thing before we released it. And it was like a little bit of an existential moment. I remember you were... I was kind of freaked out. You yeah. released a whole note on it, I remember. Right yeah, after, blog post. Yeah, blog post, right. Uh, actually, we even talked about it in think, the episode with Nico a little bit, too. Yeah, back then. The yeah. How do you feel about it now? Yeah. I find it less terrifying. Because, also, because these models are not very good. So. Yeah, I find it a little less... Like, I don't know... We, we also, I mean, we want to do more things with it, but to develop it further into something is quite, it's quite a lot of work to create something that like, I mean, I think the idea there was like, what if we could make it ask the questions I ask on the podcast? Mm -hmm. What if we could have it host an interview or something? I think to get there, we're still ways off. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a, an interesting fact, you know, not that this is ZK or crypto at all. But, you know, the thing I was worried, I was, had this fear from all these people who I knew working in AI that the open source stuff would never compete. So then your only choice was to go work at OpenAI or Anthropic or whatever. Turned out to be not true. Like I'd say the, the performance of open source models, the infrastructure for fine tuning got so much better in the last six to nine months. It's sort of adjacent to crypto because it like a lot of the open source model infrastructure is built off all the old mining data centers um, that people use because no they way. just repurpose them to have H100s or really? A100s really for a while, for the longest time. Um, because, you know, they had these data centers that had cheap electricity. They had all the, they, they like optimized them for a very similar wow. performance use case. You know, proof of stake happened in Ethereum. Suddenly the only thing you can mine are kind of shit, POW coins that, yeah. that are not profitable. Shit, shit, shit meaning like, like it's very hard to be profitable yeah. mining them. And so people basically repurpose all of these data centers. Um, and then the infrastructure, the open source model training got so much better, hmm. um, I think, over the last three to six months. Like the fact that Mistral can mm -hmm. beat GPT 3.5, Mistral just was launched last week. Uh, their their newest model seven BX four mixtral yeah or exactly or yeah or yeah exactly 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 that one I I think it's like actually I, I am ending the year more, much more hopeful that actually the you know despite all the OpenAI drama whatever I actually think quietly the open source language model stuff will like it feels like the closed source language models are sort of plateauing right like mm. Google puts so much effort into something that feels like so marginally 
better than GPT-4, whereas like the open source stuff is still kind of continuing. And I think we're going to see, hopefully, that there's some improvements. So are you saying I should be scared that I'm going to be replaced? <laughs> well, I actually, scared, think, I, actually, I actually think the fact that Google's model seems pretty useless and that like they had to use some certain particular metrics that they look better on than GPT-4, like the 32 chain of thought reasoning type of metric, which is like not a standard way to compare these things. It, it feels like we're like kind of plateauing on like transformers can only get you so far. Mm. Like if you want to do voice text, ZKVM projects comparing themselves on performance metrics. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, but the nice thing is like crypto's performance metrics are at least, yeah, like some of them are obviously gerrymandered. But the difference is you kind of know the thing actually ran and did this. Yeah. These kind of statistical performance metrics, which are like, I give you these random queries and like, oh, well, I can't really perfectly compare the training set. It feels a little bit like the reproducibility crisis in science where like you have two things, you know, someone's trying to reproduce an experiment, but they can never get exactly the same context. And so then like, obviously there's going to be some metrics one does better than the other. Wasn't that in the episode with Daniel and Yi though, wasn't there this like using ZK to prove that something happening inside the model is happening correctly? Yeah. Remember? yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but you still like, you wouldn't be able to use that for comparative purposes you wouldn't be, you need you need some statistical test for comparison right yeah. it's like i give you a bunch of different queries and they're different tasks right some are like i give you a list of words and i say count the number of times the word anna appears in this list right and that's one type of query that's like more of a logic query another type of query is one where you you lead a language model on you say oh by the way most books in this building i'm in are read um David Mumford, the algebraic geometer, is famous for making a big red book. Is David Mumford's book in this building? So you've given it some context that it's it's led onto. This is chain of thought type of thing. And then you say, can you answer this question? And it will oftentimes make these types of mistakes. And Google was like, oh, look, we can do these types of things better. But like that, that's one particular weird metric. And my, my point mm. is I kind of feel like the gerrymandering in AI is actually a million times crazier and than harder to harder to undo. disprove yeah wow and so i think there's mm. there's actually room for crypto as like you know assuming people stop just fighting over like do i count vote transactions in tps or not whatever bullshit you know you see in twitter i i feel like it has a way of like having a better standard of like comping things because like i think the ai rat race right now is it, it a shows that like the marginal improvements are flatlining right now but it also shows that like when you have so many smart people whose entire incentive structure is built around like trying to come up with metrics such that the number goes mm -hmm. up one percent like they're going to do all sorts of bizarro tricks mm. that as opposed to like having something provable that you can trust mm -hmm. anyway i don't know that's a long Crazy. rant about that world but yeah i'm going back now to the time frame where we're at. So it's about April, 2023 in oh, our, right, in yeah. our story. Um, another topic that came up or a, a word, I think it was around then that the introduction of the concept of a ZK coprocessor was raised. Would you say? I think he technically called Axiom a ZK coprocessor in like December or January. Oh, okay. So but earlier. Then it, like, I think like the, the steam Caught around on. it grew. And then the, a lot of people working on similar things that had a state proof somewhere were like, we're also a coprocessor. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, the best compliment, I guess, is to get copied. So like yeah. the fact that people change their name to your thing is actually a good sign, right? True. And since then, there's been a lot of projects that have come out doing something like that. I'll list a couple. Axiom, Herodotus, Nexus, Iron Mill, Lagrange, Risk Zero did Bonsai. And I think for now, those are the only public things. I know there's some other things in the works. I think one thing that had been brought up with the co with just sort of this explosion was like, is there an, a market for this thing? <laughs> like, there's a lot of projects doing it, but it's it's sort of theoretical at the at that at, or it's been very much theoretical. Do you know if any of them have been now used? I think they're used in these like small test deployments, like DeFi yield aggregators. Like, how do you decide which protocol to optimize to? You run a model off chain to decide the allocation. Um, there've been a bunch of those types of use cases. Um, I think it has been kind of hard to get. There's been a ton of hackathon projects. Mm -hmm. The hackathon projects are all cool. You mean they're, like things built on them? Yeah. 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 Like. Someone has basically made NumPy, like it's a numerical library in Python, like in Axiom. So mm -hmm. like you have almost all the matrix operations, like matrix multiplication, SVD, whatever. Like I have no clue why any on-chain application needs this. But my point <laughs> is there is kind of this sense in which you can build these things you would never do on-chain otherwise. Yeah. Now, Guillermo's guffawing, so I think he's clearly <laughs> waiting to say something. I don't have it. I don't think I have an intelligent thing to say here. I don't know. It's just like... It is funny that, like, you know, we then went on to do, like, let's do Python for ZK, right? Instead or, like, of, numerical stuff. Yeah, but like, pretty heavy numerical stuff in ZK, which I guess is, like, kind of all of ZKML as well. Um, but this is l usually less heavy than ZKML, right? It's, like, doing an SVD versus, or like... Or doing, like, a median or something, right? Or even, like, or median plus a few extra tricks, which is true. Just funny doing it in a Python wrapper, I don't know. Just, like, a maybe this is, like, a... Weird purist sense. Are you or, or shitting JavaScript. on this hackathon project? No, no, I, it's I think it's great that someone did it. No, it's it's awesome. <laughs> this is not me shitting on the hackathon project in general. It's just like one of those things where I'm like, I, there are probably better ones for this. But yeah, yeah. Just try just all the things like, and we'll see afterwards. Aren't I, we looking for a use case where like it wasn't it always meant for like an application on chain to be using this? Yeah, somehow? yeah. So, so I think I think like the DeFi applications are a little harder. One of the problems with these kind of publicly depicted calculations is like, well, you're telling everyone how to front run you and they can obviously run it off chain right. and front Ooh. run you. And there's, they kind of create more problems for these DeFi, pro it, for DeFi protocols, it's not quite so simple to use these. Would there be a way to design a new DeFi protocol with this in mind though? Because I think if you're, you're trying to plug it into if existing. If you had some re re revelation thing where like the protocol was able to use the output but the, it wasn't public, and and then it was revealed later. There, there there are ways it could do it. To be fair, I don't think you need privacy, but you would need a pretty deep analysis of the protocol itself, right? right? And like we have no good like, there are very few protocols in DeFi that we have good frameworks for, right? Like in, fa in fact, actually, I would say there's really only one one or two classes of protocols that we have any frameworks at all that we can say anything about for, and like it's unclear how to be like, oh yeah, cool. Now now you have this whole other set of things that you can do. What can you do with that safely in a way that doesn't suck? Hmm. Um, and can deal with arbitrary other protocols interacting yeah, with like it. That's that, the hard part, right? Or that. also anyone messing with you in a variety of ways. You know, it's like, it's kind of, it's a pretty deep question, I think. Like, it's not obvious. I mean, you can build these tools, which is great. And I'm like glad someone should do these things. But it's like, if the end user really is DeFi protocols, like, 
we have a uh, we have we have some glass chewing to do prior. Yeah, I so backing up to this idea of coprocessors outside of a marketing term, it's been sort of hard for me to understand what people are talking about. Oftentimes, what, I, what I've roughly discerned right is some notion of like a mini rollup, but where you don't have persistent states between runs of the prover or the software, right? And so, sort of like a stateless thing. The thing that I'm seeing people get interested in is fraud proofs, so proving that fraud was done, mm-hmm. shortened windows, things like that. That seems to be something that people will be willing to pay for and do. That's not an end application, though, to Anna's point. I think with DeFi, there's a conceptual problem, I think you're right here, but that is more proximate than mm-hmm. the ZK part, which is, okay, now you have this thing that's asynchronous, that maybe gives you more compute capabilities. Maybe you don't need to store all these variables anymore. You can just run the averages on the fly or whatever you might need. Or you could do things that are dynamic in nature. Mm-hmm. But of course, we have no theory for how CFMM, for instance, which is the simplest object that we've been able to analyze, could work in a dynamic setting. Like We've tried to bound what's actually possible within that. And the range that we found is either it gives you absolutely nothing or, or everything. absolutely or everything. everything. Yeah. And the truth is somewhere in there. It's actually probably just one of those two possibilities would be my guess. <laughs> but we need to go solve that problem first, and that's a hard problem. Yes. And you just ZK is not going to give you the answer to that problem. You it give you a great foot gun right. for you to shoot yourself with if well, you don't know the answer. And or it gives you a precision weapon if you know the direction to shoot in at every point, which is the hard mm. part. Yeah, but I mean it's equivalent to solving the problem, as I would say, I, right? I, I, I think I think like, yeah, this is actually maybe maybe one of the reasons I had escapism in January. <laughs> outside outside of the, the the general malaise was I, I had felt and I still sort of feel a little bit of this like DeFi research slump, you know, like the three of us had this like 18 month period where we were like pushing out things like every month and there was always new stuff and it was like yeah i mean how many papers did we do like 14 or something 15 yeah it was a lot wow. right this it's, is 2021 2022 eh? like late 2020 20, maybe okay to, yeah late 2020 when alex joined all the way to early 2022 i'm not mm-hmm. sure DeFi changed as much as they all of a sudden, let us go outside again. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's finally. I, I, yeah, maybe it, maybe there's that. But, but I, I think like uh, I think Tarun. generic they. I, I think like what happened was I think people started getting overly excited about these things, and then in practice, when you look at the data, how people are doing things, how MEV evolved, it became much more clear you needed a theory of these MEV type of things, so that you say, hey, I have a DeFi protocol. And I can condition it. I can take the set of all of these DeFi protocols. I can find the subset that, given a certain type of MEV, has low, like some resistance to it, right? And like the problem is there, were, there's always this cryptography hammer looking for a nail thing, where like everyone who's a cryptographer is like, oh, I see Uniswap has tons of volume. I'm just going to throw a bunch of cryptography at it, and obviously it'll be better and solve all these problems. It'll remove MEV, all, all the dog shit advertising we saw, but. <laughs> When you started trying to analyze what would actually give you reductions in these things, then you started realizing the theory of MEV is actually 100 times more complicated than the theory of the, the DeFi protocol. The DeFi well, protocol is actually yeah. easy. Mm. The MEV part is very hard. It actually is like very combinatorial in nature. It has many different states. And like a lot of the beauty of the DeFi research we did is there was always some way of taking a continuous limit. Like you could kind of 
shrink the block time or shrink the trade size or grow the trade size arbitrarily. And like you would get some invariance that your results kind of still had to hold. But the MEV thing is not that, right? It's like, it's very, it has this inherent discrete chunkiness to it. And the, then you have to count all the different ways of ordering the chunkiness or all the ways of censoring, all the ways of removing and adding. And without having that theory, you can't really make a better DeFi protocol. Like no matter how much dog shit tokenomics Ponzi you add to it, hmm. you're not going to fix the problem. What happens when you add coprocessor to this mix? So coprocessor lets you push off some of the compute if you knew what to compute okay. to avoid certain types of attacks or mm. to, to improve capital efficiency or whatever. But the thing is, you have to have a formula for that that's resistant to people seeing how you computed it, allowing them to manipulate it more. I don't know if that... I, yeah, I view it almost as a similar thing we had. I think we've probably done a... Maybe we've done a podcast on it. We've certainly done a talk on the privacy paper. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was sort of a troll paper and saying, here's a really simple model that shows Inspired definitively... Inspired ah, I love that that's you right. that, although yeah. I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were showing that like this thing that people claimed that they wanted to do like, actually wasn't possible, and a very trivial model shows that that's right. you can actually recover the full trade. So the, the lesson there is the, the problem isn't a ZK technology problem. It's a, con it's a conceptual error. Mm. It's the privacy and the shared state stuff are just incompatible with each other. And what we should have done is it wasn't a question of, can we go understand all the ZK stuff? It's like, no, let's go into a quiet room and think for a little bit before mm. we do anything. Mm. I think something very similar is happening with this, at least my pattern recognition cart in the ZK the process is just cart before yeah, the horse. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. We haven't thought about what if you take these static mechanisms and make them dynamic? What functions would you want to compute? Maybe some of them will be very computationally intense. You might need a coprocessor, but that's second order, third order. Mm. Yeah. Right? The first order problem is what can we do? And do we actually need this tool? So we listed sort of some of the teams that sort of fall under this category. To give them credit, I think they've, well, like most, most of the ones I know well have amassed a really good team building this kind of thing. And I'm assuming that there will be some differ differentiation as it goes, potentially like a focus on a use case that they're trying to experiment with. So I have hope for the, at least the cohort, but I wonder if the, the ZK coprocessor, as it's been described, yeah, wouldn't need to evolve quite a lot. From what you're saying, it sounds like the way it was like presented as a solution to a problem that isn't fully understood or something like this. Like it's, it's a tool for solving a problem. If the solution is possible, then it plays a huge role in it. Yeah. And for DeFi, for DeFi. For DeFi, yeah. for DeFi. For, this is specifically for many DeFi. Other, other, other use applications, cases. True, true, Other applications yeah. but, might but be different. But most people say, you know, what are CK coprocessors really going to be used for? People are like, ah, oh, DeFi is like a great case. Mm. Right, I think it's a common claim. I think DeFi I, is the hardest case. But it's, in I, fact, exactly. it's like the worst case in some ways because you have to understand the theory so much about the thing you're building. Yeah. And the beauty of crypto which is also why there's so many explosions and hacks, is that <laughs> you can build whatever you want without understanding it. <laughs> <laughs> and raise a bunch of money. And then it should be. Freedom to explode. Get exploded. <laughs> I think a lot of the other things that we could talk about, about applications and so forth, including ones that we got really excited about coming out of Lisbon, you could probably broadly put in the coprocessor category. In other words, if they ever right. need to hit a chain, like Ethereum, like 
I'm sure we can talk about non-native cryptography on Ethereum, things like that. Mm, it's very true, obvious true. that. Like if you have like to co- do something you can't do on Ethereum, you could do it in this environment. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So those things are lower hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So not to disparage any of these amazing teams. It's just to say that DeFi and some of these problems where you have money and where foot guns can really hurt you. Mm. You really have to do a lot of thinking and you can't just, just as you couldn't throw privacy at Uniswap, you can't throw co-processing at these things. I mean, just just make sure you just think about some of the attacks we've seen in the last year, like the DeFi tax sophistication has also gone up. Holy crap. Right. And like the level of like, like the, the most recent Kyber attack is like almost a crazy travesty, right? It's like the, it turns out that there's exactly like a particular fee limit, like, and there was like a one way difference, one, one 10 to the minus nine uh, basis point sort of different in terms of a multiplier constant that it actually, for most numbers, this thing worked, but someone figured out, oh, if I actually, you know, you could think of it as, as, as like, I make a very tiny error and then it compounds to like the next liquidity pool in like a concentrated liquidity pool and I can keep compounding it. Oh. And then, you know, it's not. It, it's a very complicated tag, very sophisticated, wow. and it's the type of thing I like. The zk co-processing part won't help you with that, right? Like that comes from the mechanism design of the thing. Yeah, right. But I mean, it's a co-processor meant to add security. Well, Is the co-processor to... might have computed the number of 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 that of like how much liquidity you should have put. Maybe it would have put the amount that would have triggered the attack. You know, it 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 doesn't help that you have the co-processor doing it. You actually have to have the right constraints mm. to say don't do this type mm. of thing, right? Because yeah, a big pitch of what people say with these co-processors is like, we can ex- increase the expressivity of all these smart contracts. It's like, we're having a lot of trouble with the expressivity we have today uh, without uh, without more complicated yeah, logic yeah, yeah. reasoning. But again, I, I think, yeah, obviously some of the teams um, are have some like amazingly smart people and I yes. think we're going to have really cool co-processors. I just don't think the DeFi use case, even though it's the one that like, on the surface seems like the obvious use case. I actually think it's going to be the last use case because you're going to really have to know the mechanisms. well. Interesting. Huh? But yeah, I want to also wish everyone in that, in that group, a lot of luck with the next steps because I do think they're great teams. Well, well, I think the hackathon does these points of like imbuing non-native cryptography. You're already starting to see people build that type of stuff. So that's very cool. Okay. So now let's put ourselves in the middle of the year. Oh man. Around Paris. ZK, we so uh, zk validator and, and geometry did a did a collaboration on zk paris i mean there was a ton of zk events there yeah i'm just trying to think what was happening this summer what was the topic of the summer celestia celestia was later wasn't it they but did they the modular the big, summit the modular that was really summit, good and yeah. i feel like that was like the beginning of the that's true celestia train like modular sort of that narrative really kind of taking hold for a lot of teams, a lot of groups. I was thinking about client-side ZK, I think, at that event. I had a little talk track on it. And it was, maybe that was the trough of disillusionment of the year, at least from where I was standing. And we were really excited coming out of Lisbon. There was all these cool things. Not that we were disillusioned. Crash? Exaggerating a little bit. but Hangover. Valley? Hangover. (laughs) The the afternoon lull. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) indeed. You ate a little bit too much and need to go take a siesta or something. That was it. That was certainly true in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. So Unfortunately, I wasn't there, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. I think come the, next time to find out. I think the things that were actually interesting to me in that era and time 
were kind of the stuff that is not usually that interesting, I think, to talk about on this podcast, but is like the UX side of things. Like I actually feel like wallets started, at least my experience with using wallets got a lot better. Like general crypto wallets? Just general crypto wallets. I feel like people started really innovating on like the UX and like, yeah, not not the super technical stuff, but like- yeah, yeah design interfaces stuff like that and i feel like that stuff has paid dividends Mm. to the current i feel like a lot of the wallets are a lot easier to use for new users Mm. than they were even like a year ago and i that's cool i think that was one of the things i remember i was like wow this is the first crypto transaction i've sent since early 2021 or something (laughs) like and then i on a mobile wallet on mobile wallets Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 Cool. And then we had the friend tech boom. Yeah, oh, you guys got into that. Cool. I did not get into that. Is I, that still happening? It's is still it dead? Alive. It's or still is alive. It? Yeah. Okay. Well, How much know. are you worth? Uh, 0.2 ETH, I think. <laughs> Wasn't, wait, what was the, like a few years ago, there was something that like Prestwich hated. Yeah, BitClout. Yeah. So this was BitClout 2.0 now, but better, yeah, I guess better the executed, chat room more was real. Different. Um, honestly, I just... I, d- I don't know these 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 kinds of ideas of like people trading themselves or like it just don't really seem that appealing. Uh, one topic that I I mean I don't know exactly when it was happening, but I know it got more and more important for me at least, or like it became more and more visible was hardware. And mm-hmm. then like we did Tarun, I don't know if you remember this. Like 2021, we did an interview with Supernational. And I think we maybe we were we were actually both in Austin and yeah. we, we did it IRL where we were both IRL and the they were calling were in. Yeah. But I remember asking, I think we asked them about ZK, but it was not a focus necessarily at the time. They were like focused on this VDF work. I actually don't know if Supernational would be the like, I don't know how much of their focus is ZK today, but there's all these hardware teams that emerged over the last year, like Vatana, Ingonyama. I mean, we actually, Alex Pruden and I did a two-part series on Z, on the Z Prize winners. AMD got into the game. There's an event called ZK Accelerate focused on, I mean, not just hardware, but some sort of hardware angle. Okay, so I have a hot take. Okay. Oh, no. Which Oof. is that there will be a proving system made that is adapted to be easy to use on things whose architecture looks like H100s because there's going to be so much capacity of that stuff. Yeah. And it's actually going to be like our current proving systems are actually not su- like you could modify them in some ways where they have might have certain other guarantees being worse, like verification time might get worse, but the proving time is like way more optimized for the hardware that okay. might you mean Wait, something like Phineas? <laughs> Might you mean something like linear algebra could be used? Some combo of all of these things. (laughs) Some combination of all of these things. I think, I don't think we know what it is yet because we don't know the wall clock time performance and we haven't done the like, I'm optimizing this thing according to the device. Like I'm Mm -hmm. looking at. Aren't they right now? Isn't the hardware? Yeah. Largely happening. Yeah. I think think it's happened. No, no. But I, I actually think people are, people in ZK are still optimizing to slightly older chips. The new chips, oh. the new chips, which are impossible to get, right? Like, basically, you have to be in a. If you look at the uh, my favorite chart, so is this bearish on a? You mean there's going to be an oversupply of these things? Yes. Eventually, there'll be an abundance. Yes, and it will make economical sense for you to target that. All of these infrastructure providers are going to start just trying to like find non AI use case once people stop fine tuning as aggressively. So, so, so my, my makes, one makes a lot of sense. One of the most amazing charts you can watch 
you can look at is NVIDIA's chart of H100s, the current generation, the H200s coming out soon, uh, divided by who the customer is. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Actually. And you look at this like exponential drop off and it's like very clear. There's only, like, only two people who are get, buying like almost all of them. Hmm. Which is like Microsoft and uh, Microsoft and Amazon now. Amazon, yeah. It's Microsoft and Amazon, and then it drops off, and then it's like, eventually you hit Google because like Nvidia doesn't want to sell to Google because Google made their own chip, and there's like this bad blood shit there. But the interesting thing is like these crypto companies don't have access to any of these chips, so they're all looking at the slightly older. So all the optimizations we see on GPUs are are having Um. older GPUs because the AI people are taking all the newest ones. Okay, but they're they're pumping the price up on that so much. It's kind of like a bad token drop uh, that that like there's there's going to be basically like AMD or NVIDIA is like creating so many chips in the mm-hmm. next two years. They're like increasing their fab capacity by 2x that there will be a glut at some point. And that is a perfect time for people who have the right ZK proving system to just like soak up the excess supply and prove for cheap. That's I- a that's my... That's a pretty I, good idea. Yeah, I do think so, like there is a, already a little bit of work in that direction in that the hardware companies have started to make proving systems optimized for hardware. Oh, really? But which hardware? Oh, it's, well, specifically here, it's the H100. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying, that's the thing. I'm saying maybe the stuff it's for that's, different that hardware. people have been making for transformers where they like have, you, you know, the way the memory is laid yeah, out, yeah, like okay, particular units, all of that stuff. There's going to be certain linear algebra stock because like what is... What is a neural network? It's a bunch of linear algebra plus a tiny bit of not linearity, okay. right? It's like linear algebra, linear algebra, a little bit of not linear algebra. And so there's a sense in most of the point of a GPU from its inception for graphics cards, for everything, has just been multiplying matrices. Um, this is famous billionaire who is the third largest buyer of H100s, the only non-AI chip buyer, which is Alex Gurko, <laughs> yes. who's the CEO of XTX, which is a trading firm who always said, like, whenever anyone asks, like, what he does, he says, multiplying matrices. <laughs> and, uh, you know. That's what we all do. That's what we all do. If we squint enough. Squint enough. <laughs> if you squint enough, it's all multiplying matrices. And wow, I right. kind of think people who take advantage of the matrix multiplication piece in their proving systems and make it look a little more like that will be able to take advantage of these chips. I mean, it'd be the continuation of the story of NVIDIA of the last 10 years. Because NVIDIA just keeps <laughs> just, rolling from yeah, hype cycle to hype cycle yeah, yeah, to the next incredible. wave. It's like yeah, how to counter the technicality of the semiconductor wow. industry ultimate by shovel just seller. figuring out the next one. Just so like an good. absolute arms dealer. But, but, I, awesome. but I actually think in the same way that when crypto, like after 2017 crashed, there was this huge wave of people dumping GPUs mm-hmm. onto mm-hmm. the market that's right, that's right. and people buying them for doing AI training and for gaming. Uh, because the, the the chip supply got really cheap. I think, You're welcome, I think AI the, people. Yes. And the AI, it's going to go the other way. I think this time it's going to go, the AI people are too exuberant. Okay. They raise too much money. Crypto, you know, loving hardware to Question on AI and these, kind of this hardware stuff though, like would AI ever use FPGAs or ASICs? Oh, uh, people have tried. Like, but, so edge computing FPGAs for neural nets exists. Like Microsoft, actually ironically, spent five years on outputting FPGAs in their data centers for doing like the final leg of inference. So um, for like edge inference, like, oh, I'm like, I'm a embedded device in a self-driving car and I need just like a tiny inference for something. I mean, F- FPGAs exist on the iPhones and the Androids, actually. Yeah. I, I recently had a friend who actually did work, camera work. And one of the things was 
using FPGAs on the cell phones themselves to actually do like image manipulations and image mm-hmm. processing directly. And it, a lot of it would essentially be compiling a neural net down to I mean, and synthesizing it in directly into the FPGA. In, in Apple phones, you could argue that the, the face ID neural net, which is like a very tiny neural net that's run on chip mm-hmm. that your mm-hmm. the weights are trained by you showing your face is not that different than FPGA. It is an ASIC, but it's like it, it, yeah. lane wise, it looks a little bit like an FPGA because it has to be able to mutate its own weights. But I would argue FPGAs are sort of historically this type of thing where anytime you see them, it's like clearly something where there's the stepping stone. There's clearly a good idea, like a, yeah. a thing that needs to go into hardware. But almost every time someone over invests in FPGAs, they lose money. Mm-hmm. So one of the worst acquisitions, I will say, and like I'm sure there are tons of hardware I'm people sure fight me on Intel. this, is Intel buying Altera. <laughs> like it's Intel buying like yeah, Altera, big FPGA manufacturer. Intel was like around every. Because I used to work in hardware, so I, I remember this acquisition, yeah. and everyone mm-hmm. in my work was shitting on Intel, like, 100%. Uh-huh. Every fucking ASIC engineer was like, Intel is fucking retarded. Like, they, they said <laughs> stuff like that, okay? It was years ago, right? Years ago, yeah. <laughs> Still allowed. They were very, very, they were very, they were very adamant about <laughs> it. I mean, Guillermo knows some of these people, because he was my intern probably Cheers around that, that time that the yeah, acquisition right. happened. And... The idea that Intel had was that people would put these coprocessors, and they call them coprocessors. Oh my god! The yes, FPGA right. coprocessor well, next to your CPU on top of the CPU. On top of the CPU, three D yeah, yeah, deposited. Yeah, it was crazy. And it would run certain high end calculations, maybe signal processing, maybe image processing, yep. alongside your CPU. So you don't your CPU can do all the run your operating system, do all the management stuff, but these specialized calculations would go to the FPGA. And this was Intel being like, "Fuck graphics cards." We don't care about graphics cards. We're just going to add the special purpose unit in our chip. That is their downfall. In fact, I would argue that Intel completely missed all the neural net stuff and then did all these crazy things like buy Nirvana, which whose CEO left and, you know, uh, and and, like within like a few months and started an AI company uh, because they like missed the, they missed kind of the, what's the phrase? Forest from the the trees. Oh, missed the. Couldn't see the forest through the trees. Yeah, so, yeah, like that that Something that, like that, that. that yeah, vaguely. And like they just kind of completely thought this like FPGA coprocessor <laughs> would solve everything. Huh. And and you you could argue it, it's kind of a. I know we we've talked about coprocessor. Guess what they're guess what Intel's doing now. You know, we have the Intel 1550 Max uh, lovingly existing in you know <laughs> things for four four seventeen an hour. So now they've gotten into GPUs, of course. Yes, of the wow. past two years. Uh, so. Everyone is chasing NVIDIA now. That's and, right. That's right. That's and right. so, but I, I actually think all the comp competitors are kind of hapless in one way. NVIDIA is probably not the best software company by any means, but they're the best at the certain level of developer software, which is like how to make a proprietary compiler that like an undergrad could use. Mm. They also, to be fair, started developing this, which is like, this is like the most big brain of all the things, NVIDIA had the foresight in like 07, I think is when Open, uh, uh, sorry, with CUDA was released, right? To just be like, you know, what people are going to be able to do with these process, with these GPUs, they're going to be able to do whatever the fuck they want, right? And we're going to enable that. Hmm. And people are like, what, what's useful? You know, what, what can you do with that that you can't do with a processor? And everyone was like, maybe, maybe some specific weird niche, you know, weather prediction, that'd be your Stokes thing. Uh, but then quickly, 
You well, know. ImageNet. ImageNet had to happen for people to realize, oh, shit. That's right. That's right. That's right. But, <laughs> but my point is, like, this was well before, like, essentially kind of before that. It was, like, five years or whatever. It was right. AlexNet stuff was, like, when? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no one was using GPUs. It was, like, who the hell's going to, like, this is going to be, like, great for, like, matrix multiplication, essentially, or what? It was something that could be easily paralyzed. And it's like, well, joke's on you. Guess what can be easily paralyzed? Linear algebra. <laughs> Don't underestimate matrix multiplication, kids. Damn right. Anyway, sorry. All right, we got far too far down the well, rabbit hole. Well, this is that's a good part of the end of year episode. They don't need to be so structured. No, not at all. <laughs> Anything else happening middle of the year? Yeah. So right around to this slump, the thing that happened is so at the start of the year on the research side, everybody was really really excited about all the KZG based lookup stuff, right? Yep. So coming out of the Cock, Cock Plus, mm-hmm. early in the year you have CQ, that sort of stuff. And then you had real excitement coming into Lisbon around folding, folding. and a lot oh, of these that's that's right. all elliptic curve base, mm-hmm. right? And a huge set of things that we can get into. But everyone was really excited about that side of the space. Yep. And quietly around Paris, some of the work from Polygon around Plunky 3 started coming out with the Mersenne Prime stuff. Been quite a lot of work around the breakdown, sort of optimizations around it. Um, Olvatano, you had on, did mm-hmm. the logarithmic randomness paper. And so quietly, there was a lot of work that was getting a lot less attention at the time that was happening in more of the error correcting codes. We, we were spending time on it because obviously we were writing this paper that was around that Mm -hmm. that came out more recently but it just when we started hearing some of the performance numbers from some of the teams that were working on it it's like wow we've been spending all this time on this other stuff and it's been really interesting and really cool but here's a real phase transition in the space around some of this and of course the rest of the year which we'll get to seems to have been dominated by advancements in that side yeah around fry breakdown um, error correcting code base polynomial commitment schemes and the like yeah i remember there was an earlier episode and i won't say who it was but someone said uh what was it starks are dead i believe was the term or something like that uh, so in i fact, guess that not though the king is dead long live the king yeah don't underestimate matrix multiplication yeah. uh, damn yes. right <laughs> matrix <laughs> multiplication always wins that's, it really comes it. back it's like the the meme of you know the simpson meme where you throw someone out and then the guy comes back behind you and it's like that's always matrix Hilarious. multiplication yeah, we don't have as much time. It's like we're halfway through the year, but we actually we're go- we're gonna have to speed through the rest. I want to bring up run. another topic that I feel like it's been. I mean, the topic of zk and id has been around for since the beginning, I think, or like for many many years. At the beginning of the year, this year, like in our first kickoff episode, I was kind of singing. I was so excited about Sismo. And the badge system using ZKPs to prove kind of merit, to prove that you had done some action somewhere else. And then like in a fresh wallet creating, you know, ZKP, ZK badges that basically, you know, proved you had done something. Um, What you could do with that is then you could start compiling all sorts of behavior from different addresses into one place without connecting it necessarily to the work you had done or what you had done over there and creating a bit of an ID. Sadly, and this just came out, I think, in the last few days, that Sismo is no more. So they are shutting down, which is very sad. But I think the thing they did, just kind of showing what you could do with that idea, the separation of like the action happening in one account, but the proof of the action happening in another, um, I think that idea is going to continue to be developed. It was really, it's very compelling. Mm -hmm. 
Um, there have also been a few other ID projects. Recently, I had Kostas from ZK Login, Sui, and Ayush from ZK Email come on the show. Mm-hmm. And Tarun, I know you got excited about ZK Email as a potential ID solution, or just generally. I think it's the it, it's the closest thing I've seen to a vampire attack on existing platforms without needing like a centralized oracle. That's the which beautiful- existing platforms. Just like a very stupid application that I, I really, I personally have had a, a, a thing for it existing, but uh, is this idea that like, if you have reputation on some social media platform, can you use it as collateral to borrow against? And like, oh, in theory, yeah. there's no real way to do that without being able to prove that like, I have this many views on all my videos, mm. or I have this much, people write comments whose sentiment isn't, wow, nice, 100%, like every like fake robot yeah, yeah, yeah. comment, right? And there's some sense in which all these social media celebrities find this like, their only monetization is like shilling products. But imagine if they could like borrow against their clout somehow. Uh, and I kind of feel like there's some notion of like attestations being useful for that. Because once you get on chain, once you actually have the, some proof of their reputation off chain somewhere else. And, and I think the emails are interesting because People who are big creators get a fucking email every day that's like, you have gained X thousand followers. Here's your followers. And it's signed with, guess what? TLS key from TikTok. What's super interesting about this technology, we were talking about this, I think, yesterday, is this enables you to bootstrap, like identity more generally, sure, but like essentially it's kind of a non-stoppable force, right? Like the ZK p2p is one one mm-hmm. example of this it's like you know whoever whatever platform exists that is kind of sending you this email is like unable to stop it unless they just stop signing emails which seems very bad for them but you could do this you could imagine this with any number of other things yeah yeah right like it's this whole crazy idea that like you can <laughs> you can essentially like take any piece of off-chain data, mm-hmm. right? And you kind of use it in, in some way, of course, on-chain, but it, it's unstoppable, right? Like it's yeah. not, no one can be like, oh yeah, like, sorry, actually, you're not allowed to use service anymore. It's kind of mouse game. Totally. But fundamentally, it's, you know, always, you're always chasing. Fun fact, Sysmo, before they disappeared, were also playing in that realm because they could do it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With the badges. I mean, right. they had the badge system, but Yeah. I mean, I remember at DevCon in Bogota, Ayush, who sort of created the game mail, he was just like, yeah, I'm working on something that will make all oracles on chain obsolete, especially <laughs> Chainlink. I think I'm paraphrasing it, but he had some like very, and like at the time I was like, but you're talking to me about nullifiers for like an hour. And then all of a sudden you're saying this like, for you're like a very precise person you say this bombastic statement and i didn't know, didn't get it but like now i'm a total believer yeah, yeah wow yeah. <laughs> it actually it's really really fucking sick that's amazing uh there have been other id solutions i just want to mention quickly here polygon id i believe released something this year there's the z pass the alias stuff these are like kyc on chain maybe some way to create yeah like ZK Narkware. I think yeah. Well, in, I think in a lot of t- a lot of ways you need a ver- you need a verification agent um, for these to work. I, actually, as we were talking, we were actually talking about this earlier today, Tarun. We realized we have not had them on the show to talk about this stuff, and it might be worth it because I definitely haven't gotten deep on that, and I'd be curious to hear that side of it. 
but yeah, I think, I mean, I, I still think ID as a topic remains very exciting. It mm-hmm. even, even like the thing we were talking about earlier about like the attested sensor, the attestation of content provenance, mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you have an attested sensor in a microphone or if you like, if you have, I mean, and I know there's a team that's tried to do this with biometrics or what have mm-hmm. you, but like there is definitely an ID component to this. So I think those two things are quite closely tied especially as AI becomes more and more close to us and looks mm-hmm. more like us. Like we're going to be able to use potentially merit, email, web two identities, some sort of like physical identity, real world, like material to create like our online identities that are hopefully like a little more nuanced, not just like your iris scan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's what L- I'm excited about L- right Lachman now. Lachman from Persona has a, good, a, a phrase which I think gets this, which is credible nuance, which I think is probably, Ooh, it does nice. get it, like exactly the thing you said. That's very cool. Credible nuance. I'd Head be, of marketing strikes so, again. Yeah. <laughs> can't take credit for that one, all right? Can't, can't, can't take credit for all of these. Take credit for spotting talent. <laughs> really quickly, because we, we really don't have time to go into them, other kind of categories that have Wait, come we're up this year. not going to do predictions? No, no. Predictions is the next one. Okay. We're going to do a whole episode for that. Uh, um, this is only the look back. But this year, the ZK and Bridges, there was some before, but I think it became more experimented with this this time around there's now this prover marketplace idea that's been growing i know that there were experiments with zk governance and zk for solvency after ftx apparently mm. became used for the first time for real although i know that there's yeah, question marks the solvency here. ones for centralized entities <laughs> are kind of bullshit to be honest like you need some yeah. notion of liabilities and the problem is the liabilities are the easiest all thing to hide chain, yeah oh, they're all off chain it, it, it felt like it was like marketing okay. most of the proof of solvency shit. It's like marketing for people who are like just smart enough to understand the like concept of this proof, but like not diligent enough to go read about like how an exchange works. <laughs> like, like it just like it like targets a certain type of like the midwit and the meme. Oh no! <laughs> Yikes! I want to just wrap up like my own event schedule because after I think so far we talked about zk hack Lisbon. ZK Summit 9, ZK Paris, then there's ZK Summit 10 10. in London, where I saw all all of you. That's right. That was so cool. Also an amazing event. We didn't, I mean, we won't have too much time to dig into it, but videos of all of these events are online. We'll add links to that. And ZK 9, I think that week was just amazing. ZK 10, I felt like it was a much more... The thing about ZK9 is I remember there was a lot of VCs there. It was kind of more bubbly. Uh, Like it was more like hypey. ZK10 was more pure. Like the Mm -hmm. research was excellent. The folks who came were kind of the people that I'm often wanting to have at events like this. Like it was, it's a kind of event where the people on stage and the people sitting next to you are kind of at a similar caliber. That's what I. They're all nerds. They're all nerds and they're they're really in the field for the right reasons. That's kind of how I like it. Um, that was ZK 10 Z and then we did, Z, uh, I did ZK hack Istanbul. So that mm-hmm. was my last event of the year. Oh my God. What a, yeah. What Wild. a number of but, events. So that was the second hackathon that we did. I think I actually, in my, in one of my episodes recently at the beginning of the episode, I gave a little like throwback to that sharing a bit about it, but yeah, just another shout out to ZK P2P because we mentioned them here. They were, they came in second for the ZK mm-hmm. hack Lisbon event and now are a company I hope to see the same thing come out of ZK Hack Istanbul. 
And we are planning a ZK Hack online in January and another ZK Hack in the future. So if anyone's thinking of building like a ZK project that could become a company, like think about, you know, coming to one of these events. I want to say one more thing, too, about your paper, Guillermo. I want to go back to like the beginning, actually, both of your papers, Alex and Guillermo. (laughs) Going back to the beginning of the year, you you had these ideas, Guillermo, talking about the work that you did, Alex, you did as well. We've been short forming at SPLA. That's right. Yeah, let's talk about what happened with that, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, it started... You know, as we chatted, it was an understanding of ZK stuff. We we actually had an episode on the paper itself. Yeah. And yeah, so anyway, so this work came out. It was kind of interesting. And then uh, I believe you, yeah. for, for better or worse, gave us the opportunity to actually teach a short course on it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's in the ZK Hack Discord, if I recall. Why don't you first, though, describe what was the work? What did it right. end up being? Uh, like, I don't know. Alex, do you want to do this? Go ahead. So in this work, and you should listen to the episode that we have on it, we looked at succinct proofs and found some simple generalizations and reductions that we think describe a lot of how we get succinctness in protocols. It is a very, very specific tool set that we build up gradually Mm -hmm. over the course of the paper. And we found actually in the discussion, maybe during, during recording or shortly thereafter could be suitable for a course because it's a slow build up in classic Guillermo slash Stephen Boyd fashion. Oh, slash yeah. Alex Evans nowadays. <laughs> Only by association. <laughs> Which was just really suitable, I think, to a course because similar to how you would do it in a normal sort of linear learning fashion, you start out with really, really simple tools and hopefully by the end of it, you're doing some real damage Right. So I, th- I think that's when Anna actually came up with the idea of being like, hey, maybe maybe we can actually mm-hmm. make this uh, a ZK, what do you call it? ZK study whiteboard session? ZK group. study session? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Study group. And, the, and the reason being is like, I, I think, I don't know if we talked about it in that, but maybe I asked you this after, but it was almost like, how much does someone need to know? How much pre, like studying in the ZK world do they have to do to be able to follow the logic of this paper? And a lot of what we talked about was the fact that like when you look at a lot of the papers that come out, they're not really written for like people who aren't deep in the field. That's right. And you kind of wrote this paper where you're leading the, the reader through kind of like you're adding the building blocks. You're, you're kind of defining things Mm -hmm. early so that later in the paper, when you implement them, use those techniques, do something with it, the the reader actually like has a reference to what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so so that naturally lends itself to kind of a course structure as you exactly. as you suggested. And I mean, this is like again, big brain Anna intuition being like maybe it should be good <laughs> and moves to work and and so we have, I guess, we recorded three sessions. They're yes. all online. The course is fully open. Unfortunately, I haven't yet posted the next homework. So, but the course, probably by the time this airs, you will. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the, the course is essentially three sessions. It goes through the paper. I think session one goes through the introduction, part one. Session two goes through like uh, section two and three of the paper, something like that. And then section three actually goes through something like proving a, a certain notion of soundness for mm. Fry. Yeah. Which is a it's it's a pretty bit more involved in the first two sections uh the first two sections kind of give you the tools that you might need to understand a lot of uh you know protocols that are kind of out in the field of zk the royal zk if we may mm-hmm. um <laughs> and, and the last one is you know okay fine you've you've spent all this time eating eating your vegetables uh let's do something quite 
real mm. with the tools that we've built up. And so it's, it's kind of a weird course. There's homeworks on it and the homeworks are, are in some ways kind of, uh, you know, what one would might do if you read the paper and you come up with a, you're like, okay, there's proofs here that are not fully stated. Let's write them down. And some of them are actually just extensions that might be of interest and things like that. And so it's worth, you know, if you're interested cool. in the paper and you're quite good at, you know, you're quite familiar with this stuff. It's just worth taking a peek at the homeworks. They're kind of fun, I think, in my opinion. I hear one of the most, the last homework that you're to post, it, one of the questions and extensions is the entirety of a recent paper that was published, which we will not name. Ooh, yeah, that's Ooh. right. It's, it's very, very possible that uh, I might, may or may not make that a question oh. uh, in in the in the last homework uh it may or may not be on the github uh but anyways I triple dog dare you <laughs> <laughs> but with that uh, uh yeah at a, at a high level it, it, it's just kind of a fun thing i mean mm -hmm. it's rare that you get papers with courses that accompany just the paper and yeah and it's you know it's kind of funny because it's but this this was the right kind of paper for something like this because yeah. it was written for someone who's learning that's what i right. noticed right away that's right. and just yeah in the reaction that people were having from it so i was like let's do this as a study group St study groups just for anyone who's not familiar uh we have the zk hack project we've done hackathons we do online events but we also have a really active discord and there we host study groups where sometimes you'll be reading the moon math mm -hmm. manual or the Thaler book but in this case we decided to do a short form three-parter mm -hmm. and i think we we actually have built a website with all of the doc with all of the videos right. on them so we can add the link to that if you just want to watch the videos but also join the discord for future stuff like this and yeah. i know that like people ask you questions in that chat that's and you're right, still absolutely. answering so that's good yeah <laughs> it, it, it's weird it's kind of a fun it's something we're done for which is teach a open source course it's uh, yeah. actually all of the tech code is available online for both the homework and the slides and everything and the videos are certainly available online and indeed actually uh as a as an exercise to the reader the homeworks have no solutions so Ooh. if you would like to see solutions for the homework you should submit them as a pull request on the github repository cool. so anyways nice very very good so yeah we'll definitely add the link to that um i think this brings us then to the end of our episode and we're close to the end of 2023 do you feel good what a year. <laughs> <laughs> what a year. Yeah. You know. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. And thanks to everyone who worked on the show for this year. Thank you to Agni for doing those events. Rachel for being the podcast producer. Henrik for being the editor. Uh, Tanya for reading the ads. I'm definitely missing people. All, all my amazing co-host this year and you for throwing all of these events and traveling yeah. all over the world and dragging us out there yeah um it's been really special all right thanks guys for doing this wrap-up of 2023 yeah thank you for having us thanks, thanks. so much fun thanks cool cool and i next episode we do we should really do our look forward let's do it see you there and to our listeners thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs> you almost got it